Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Roar Lions Roar. I am your host tonight, Matt Filipovitz, joined by my phenomenal co-host, Bill DeFilippo. Bill, Penn State basketball has won an NCAA tournament game for the first time since 2001. How are you feeling? I I don't know, man. I, I'm not used to this feeling. We're, we are so happy right now that we are recording this. It is 9.39 a.m. on Friday morning, the morning after Penn State beat Texas A&M. But, like, me and Matt just want to talk about this game because like, we have – the last time Penn State did this, I was nine years – I just turned nine years old. I don't remember anything about when that happened. Like – this is brand new to me. This is brand new to you. Like this is this is awesome, dude. This is awesome. I I feel like I floated the entire way home from the mm-hmm. bar after the game last night. Like I I thought a lot of things. Like I would feel a lot of ways after Penn State's first tourney game. Like essentially in my lifetime. Um, and I just felt like I was on cloud nine the entire time. Like from start to finish. Like to hear the horns, to see the environment. Like, granted, it was the last game of the day in Des Moines, Iowa. So, like, it's not like it's, like, mm-hmm. a Final Four or anything. But, like, for them to go out there, absolutely blow a Texas A&M team that was complaining about being under out of the water was something that I hoped would happen. Like, it feels very similar to Penn State-Auburn football this past year, where it's, like, this could happen, but I would really bet against it. But now that, you know, in hindsight, it's like, yeah, this, this totally makes sense as a result. Like, and, and I'm just so happy for these seniors for Micah Shrewsbury, like for you and all of like the, the long suffering Penn state basketball fans, like the game was so good. We got bumped to CBS on Saturday for the game. Like we played our way onto satellite or not satellite, whatever (laughs) basic cable television. Like we played our way off of TBS so instead of being followed by like a rerun of Star Wars, like we'll be followed up by actual basketball content. Like this is so exciting. Oh boy! I while you were talking, I googled um, I googled Texas A and M underseeded, and I found a Dallas Morning News article that rounded up a bunch of tweets. Um, Texas A and M won seventeen SEC games this season and got a seven seed. That's a typo, right? Texas A and M got screwed. Te- uh, siren, Texas, Texas A&M, second round matchup. Uh, Buzz Williams, anti-selection committee soliloquy last March, apparently cost Texas A&M two seed lines this year. Uh, anyone who does not want to see a Texas, Texas A&M game in the second round of the men's tourney absolutely cannot be trusted. Bite me, because that's not happening. This is fun because Penn State got to do the same thing with Indiana and Purdue in the Big Ten tournament. Um, so it's nice mm-hmm. to have two states with their flagship universities absolutely hating us. Um, and again, I, I just I truly cannot believe how dominant this Penn State basketball team looked. Bill, let, let's stop talking just broadly and let's let's get into the nitty gritty of the game. Ooh, Andrew I, Funk, you, you, you didn't mean to do that, but nitty gritty uh, would be a very good like segment on the pod where we dive deep into something. We should. Uh, let's dive deep into Andrew Funk's 8 of 10 three-point shooting night, man. I have never in my life seen a performance like what we saw last night from Andrew Funk. Have you ever seen anything like that? I've You, you see guys get hot all the time. I, like, I've seen plenty of basketball games where 
you know, I, my, my nine to five is I write about basketball. I write about basketball during the Seth, the Steph Curry era and the Seth Curry era, technically, but the Steph Curry era of NBA basketball, I'm used to seeing guys get nuclear high. I'm used to seeing Steph, Clay Thompson, all these sorts of guys get crazy hot, but in a Penn state Jersey in the number of ways that Funk was able to do it. The fact that he wasn't just like like planting a flag in the corner and hoisting up corner threes. He was getting to spots where he wanted to get to because all he wanted was to get the ball in his hands behind the three-point line. And the way, Matt, that Texas A&M was trying to contain Penn State's offense really lended itself to, all right, I'm going to be two feet behind the three-point line, three feet. I'm going to pull up from the logo. Fine, because it's just my night, and I'm that kind of a shooter. I don't know how you defend that. Like, at some point, yeah. like, I, I think you have to just change the game plan and just assume that he's going to make it and pray that he misses and try to get a rebound. Like, A&M, A&M's offense, I think, was also really weird. They shot a lot of threes yeah. for a team that cannot shoot threes. Um, and I will say, I'll, I'll give them credit, it kind of worked indirectly in that it led to uh, a lot of long offensive rebounds for them. Yeah. Because everybody on Penn State's, on the court for Penn State, is like six foot six and shorter. So, like, you know, shoot mm-hmm. long, miss long. It went over everybody's head. And Penn St- and A&M just had dudes, you know, standing on the perimeter to get those long rebounds. And it led to some, you know, frustrating second chance points. But, like, I really cannot nitpick this kind of game from Penn State. And, and a big part of that is because of Andrew Funk. For sure. I mean, Funk's – we've never seen a performance in a Penn State shirt like Andrew Funk, like the one that no, he had. Never. And – I think that we need in talking about Andrew Funk, it's impossible to talk about his game without talking about Jalen Pickett's game. Yes. Because the only reason, well, not the only reason, but a major reason why Funk was able to get so many good looks was because even though he went seven for uh, 18 from the field, the gravity that Jalen Pickett has as a basketball player is something that it made it so AM felt like they needed to respond to him yep. in every single moment. I want everyone to go back and watch the second three that Andrew Funk had. I have all of them listed out here. The second three that Andrew Funk has, Pickett's playing booty ball over on the other side of the court, backing a dude, backing a dude, backing a dude, picks up his dribble, and he looks over into the corner, and Cam Winter is standing right there. And because the defender who was kind of caught in between both winter and they, they had four dudes over on the side of the court uh, where Pickett was, they were that terrified of Jalen Pickett. And because yep. they were, because there was one dude guarding two picks eyes went to the corner to cam winter and the guy on AM just rotates way too far down there. And it sets it up. So walk was funk was able to just walk right into a three. Like I don't, yep. I don't think we can fully appre- we fully appreciate just how good that dude is. And because he is that good, Matt, it makes life easier for every other guy. On- Keba went four for four with eight points. All of his looks Keba look great. And John, like, like, every- I cannot yeah. believe the, fir- the first play of the game. Like I'm like, yeah, they're going to come out. They're going to use their bread and butter. First play of the game, they go to Keba in the post, and Keba just backs a dude down. Like I think... 
establishing that if you wanted to, you could attack the paint in this kind of game early, I think really messed with A&M's head. Like, it, could, it felt like every time Pickett would play booty ball and back down into the paint, it's a fair bet that if you're going to cause turnovers, it's going to be in the chaos of the paint. Like, I totally get that strategy. Mm-hmm. But they would all quickly close in on the paint, and it let Lundy, Dread, Funk, like, it let dudes kind of pop out a little bit and to pick its credit he made phenomenal passes all night he played 40 minutes he had 19 points seven boards eight assists and the most impressive part to me zero turnovers against that level yep. of athleticism that texas a&m has so it was a fair gamble from buzz williams and a&m but penn state and jalen pickett are too good and did not want to go home so badly that they literally could do nothing wrong all night it was it was really impressive from Pickett. And again, him playing that well led to great looks for guys like Andrew Funk, for Miles Dredd. It let Keba play a really efficient ball game. He only played 17 minutes, um, mm-hmm. which I i mean, we jumped on the Twitter spaces earlier. I said about 26 uh, would be fair, but they just didn't need Keba out there that much. And I think yeah. as they play bigger teams moving forward, he's going to have a bigger role. But this was a, a perfect March Madness debut for Keba. <laughs> yeah, and the fun thing about this game specifically, and it's something that makes this Penn State team so interesting, is that yes, Pickett and Funk killed them. Yes, Funk had 27. Yes, Pickett had 19. And then you look at the other guys that you expect to have big games for Penn State. Seth Lundy, three for 11, two for seven from behind the three-point line, 10 points. Okay, that's that's an all right game for him. But we know that he has it in him to not get hot in the way that Funk got hot, but have a game where he's knocked out five, six threes. Cam Winter took two shots all game. He didn't two force points. anything. He really no. just played as a cog in this offense. And, and uh, that allowed Funk and everybody to get open. Winter, w- Winter's never going to get praised for what he did. Again, two yeah. points, three boards, three assists. But he played the perfect role for Penn State last night. Yeah, two points, three boards, three assists, three steals, two turnovers in 33 minutes of work. Awesome. Miles Dredd only took two shots all night. Both of them were threes. He hit both of them six points. Like, there are ways where, like, it's the thing that's made this Penn State offense so interesting all year. They have so many guys who are capable of getting hot. And Pickett wasn't even really that hot. Again, seven for 18 on the day, one for two from three. He was just doing so much Jalen Pickett stuff. But going for Penn State has the potential to keep moving on in this tournament if, let's say, in the next round, Texas decides, all right, we're going to really focus in on taking Andrew Funk out of the game. And that gives a guy like Seth Lundy, a guy like Cam Winter, an opportunity to get loose. I, it, it, it's fascinating. I don't want to spend too much time like looking too far ahead, Matt, but like I, I, I truly have no idea what the hell happened last night. Truly have no idea what the hell happened. It was, it Micah was got the paid kind of, is what happened. Yeah, 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 I hope so. Whatever, whatever he, Micah was asking for before, I hope he doubled it. But for all we could talk about Penn State's offense, and we can do spend plenty of time on that 27 for 56 on the from the field, 13 for 22 from three, nine for one from behind the from on the free throw line. Penn State's defense, and part of this was because AM's offense is not especially great. Penn State's defense, I thought, was unbelievable in this game. I thought so, too. I thought Keba played really, really well. Mahaffey, mm-hmm. 
we talked about him on the, on our pregame Twitter spaces. Mahaffey's again one of my favorite players. I think he just plays with such energy. He's like the only guy who can get a rebound defensively, which is always <laughs> and, and offensively in in certain cases. Yeah, um, all three all three all three of Mahaffey's rebounds on the day were offensive rebounds. Yeah, like he he just skies up. He just gives them a, a good shot in the arm that they yeah. need, you know, later in games. Um, but defensively, you could tell that at some point, Penn State just said, okay, you want to keep on bricking up threes? Like, go for it. And again, the A&M kept on just getting long offensive rebounds. But any time they tried to get in any kind of rhythm, like it felt like it was one step forward, two steps back for them the whole night. And yeah. that's a big credit to the kind of defense Lundy played, that Pickett played. I think Winter, I think, what was he? He had three steals he ended with. That's that's pretty good for your two guard. Like, they just found a way to be annoying as hell. And AM just mm-hmm. wasn't prepared for it. Like, it's got to be so frustrating to know you can't get anything going on the offensive end and then to watch a dude who was at Bucknell a year ago drill a million threes in your face. Like, I don't yeah. know how you don't become frustrated and start forcing shots in that scenario. And, and AM Corey didn't know how to not do that either. Yeah. A&M's strategy on offense was if we're going to shoot, probably going to miss. If we miss, that's okay because we trust our ability to get extra possessions by way of offensive rebound and by, and by forcing turnovers. I mean, yep. they they didn't do the turnover thing at all. Penn State had eight turnovers uh, on the game. Keba had two. Uh, Cam had two. two. Kanye had one, and then there were three just team turnovers. So they didn't get that. The thing that was so interesting about Penn State's defense to me was that A&M got what they wanted in terms of offensive rebounds. They had 17 offensive rebounds and offensive rebounding percentage of 41.5%. Really high. They weren't really high. able – yeah, that that is actually, uh, I believe, above – their season, yeah, their season average is thirty six point seven percent. So they did a little bit above their season average. They did got that part of what they wanted. The issue was that they could not take advantage of that on the day. A and M ten for twenty five on twos. They were matched on twos by just Jalen Pickett and Keba and Jai. Ten for thirty four from behind the three point line. Andrew Funk basically matched that on his own. And then the other thing that they try to do, their other main way of getting points in a basketball game in front of the free throw line, they went nine for 12 on free throws. Penn State let got got beaten on the offensive glass. That's good. That is not good for them. But Matt, they didn't foul. They nope. didn't send them to the free throw line. Penn State committed 11 fouls as a team on the game against the team that is, if you give me two seconds. It's crazy what uh, happens when the Big yeah. Ten refs aren't involved. <laughs> oh, God. Jalen, I, I had multiple people, like, in multiple groups that I'm in, uh, text me and say, oh, finally, Jalen Pickett's getting foul calls. But yeah, right? It's crazy. <laughs> A&M has the hot third highest uh, ratio in the nation of free throw attempts to field goal attempts. And they could not get to the free throw line. Penn state matched them from the free throw line, beat them from behind the uh, three point line, beat them inside the two point line, uh, inside the three point line, everything that could have gone right for Penn state went right. And so much of the attention Matt obviously is going to be on the offense. That doesn't happen unless Penn state has one of its best defensive games of the year. And Penn state's defense was outstanding. They, they they really just put the clamps on like and again this mm-hmm. Micah Shrewsbury gets credit for um you know being Purdue's quote unquote offensive coordinator and he draws up some really good p- plays 
but I think they established this this gritty style of defense. This we're going to be led by our defense mentality by necessity in his first year. And I think it really, even though a lot of the faces are new this year, I think mm-hmm. guys like Seth Lundy and Miles Dredd made sure that carry over. Um, well, so again, it, I, I, I got to make sure. Saying, I, I was going to say it's worth saying it, it, it wasn't like that for long, long, long stretches of the year. I mean, after no, it wasn't. No, in, in that in that losing streak, Purdue to Maryland. How many times did Micah say things like, "We have to start guard"? He specific. I remember he specifically said, "For in order for Evan Mahaffey to get on the floor, he has to start guarding." Like he said, yep. "Our freshmen are playing like se- our seniors are playing like freshmen." These guys, over the last month or so, you know, they allowed 81 points against Illinois, and then since then, 69 against Minnesota, 71 against Ohio State, 59 against Rutgers, 65 in overtime against Northwestern, 64 against Maryland, 76 against Illinois, 65 in overtime against Northwestern, 73 against Indiana, 67 against Purdue, 59 against Texas A&M. They have been excellent on defense for the last month or so and you know that that helped that made it so Andrew Funk having a big night was in a blowout and not in a game where they absolutely needed him to have a big night it's uh I will say I I don't think that they're obviously they're not going to shoot that same volume against Texas correct but I think they the Texas coaching staff and, and, and that roster now has to consider Jalen Pickett and Andrew Funk. Like, I think Lundy kind of falling back to the wayside a little bit uh, last night is going to free him up for a ton of shots against Texas. And listen, Lundy has been really streaky to close out the year, but, you know, this is his first shot at the tournament, and it it probably is going to be his only shot at the tournament because I'm just going to assume he's not going to take the COVID year because I I, I just think he's played his way into a pro contract somewhere. Um, Well, Lamar Lamar Stevens tweeted last night that, and and I agree with him, that, Penn State has three pro, three guys who can play pro ball, and yep. Seth was one of the guys you mentioned. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think he's going to rise to the occasion. So I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to enjoy this moment right now. Like again, I, I don't know. I hope we'll get this a lot more in the future, but mm-hmm. it just feels there's, there's nothing like the first. Like this just feels so exciting. Yeah, um, and, and I'm glad that I'm glad that we got to enjoy the game, and I'm glad that we got to chat beforehand, um, and I'm glad that we got to jump on here. Uh, Bill, we'll keep it quick just because. This is just a quick recap of the game. Any any final thoughts to send everybody into the weekend with? Um, I, I I just want to hammer home that this how special this team is, and I don't think we can hammer that home enough. And I think the best way for that to really be driven home is for them to go out on Saturday and beat a Texas team that, that they can absolutely beat. They can absolutely beat Texas, and uh, you know. Uh, knock on wood, they're able to do it. And knock on wood that when we do this, that when it's Sunday morning uh, and I hit you up in Slack, it's to talk about a Penn State basketball win and Penn State moving on to the Sweet 16. Man, if Penn State goes to the second weekend in year two of Micah Shrewsbury, I, I don't even know how I would begin to come to terms with that. So... It should be fun. I, with any luck, um, you know, it, the Xavier Kennesaw State game and the Pitt Iowa State games will be fun to watch. Um, although it would be funny to watch Pitt get bounced early, it would be cool if we can set that up in the future. But again, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. I'm just going to enjoy yeah. this lovely Friday uh, with Penn State basketball, one of the only teams in the country to win an NCAA tournament game so far this year. Um, and it'll be a lot more because that's how the tourney works. But I, I cannot believe we're in a situation where, where Penn State is is where they are. So shout out to all those guys. Yeah, man. We're uh we're 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 on this ride and I hope it doesn't end anytime soon. But 
unlike this ride, this podcast must end now. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter over at RLR blog. We've been posting a lot of really fun stuff over there. We've been doing some Twitter spaces. Uh, you can find, uh, you know, quick links to the highlights of all eight of Andrew Funk's threes bill referred to over there. Um, and we're just going to be talking a lot more hoops and hopefully we're doing that for at least another week. Uh, again, game tomorrow, seven 45 Eastern tip against Texas. We have been bumped to CBS because we are so powerful. Uh, we played ourselves off of TBS. So that's always very exciting. Um, and yeah, Bill, thank you for joining me. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice, and we will see you, uh, in the coming days. Go state. Uh, real, 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 real quick before we do that. Uh, uh, promo code Roar Lions Roar Home Field oh, Apparel. Yeah, all home field apparel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you want you want to do this part or should I do it? Uh, go ahead, take it. I'll take it. Uh, yeah, if you are a, a new customer at uh, Home Field Apparel, promo code Roar Lions Roar one word all uppercase for fifteen percent off of your first order. Okay, yeah, that's it. We're done. Bye. Go state. Go Let's state. keep dancing.